Turn with me this morning to uh, two openings, Romans chapter 12 and Isaiah 62. Romans 12 and Isaiah 62. We're glad you're here this morning. We welcome you, as we already have amongst ourselves. But uh, this is your first time particularly. We're glad that you're here. I want you to just be comfortable. Don't be uptight. Don't be upset. Be happy. And let's uh, agree in prayer together right now that we will hear the word of the Lord. You know, you're not limited to what I know. The Holy Spirit's our teacher. And He can say things to you that I didn't even say. He can say things to you about what I said or in between the lines and give you just what you need this morning if you have ears to hear. So let's pray. Father God, thank You so much for the privilege of being together with You. We honor You. We reverence Your Spirit. We honor and respect Your Word. And we say, give us ears to hear and eyes that see and a heart that receives. And we will honor and receive your word. And by your grace, we purpose not to be hearers only, but to be doers. And we know as we do, you're faithful to watch over your word and perform it in our lives. And we say, let everything be done in our lives in such a way that you'd be the most seen, the most exalted, the most glorified, because you are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaiah 62 and Romans 12. Let's read uh, Isaiah first. Isaiah 62, Romans 12. In Isaiah 62 and the uh, 10th verse, Isaiah 62, 10 says, go through, go through the gates, prepare ye the way of the people, cast up, cast up the highway, gather out the stones, lift up a standard for the people. Why don't you say that last phrase with me? Lift up a standard for the people. Now, in Isaiah 49, you don't have to turn there, but just back a little bit, it says, Thus says the Lord, I will lift up my hand to the Gentiles and set up my standard to the people. I will set up my standard to the people. Think about those two phrases now. Lift up a standard for the people. God says, I'll lift up my standard. And then in Romans, the 12th chapter, Romans Chapter 12. Now the word standard in the, the, the Hebrew that was translated to the English we just read, it basically has the meaning <clears throat> of uh, that which is symbolic, that which is like a flag, uh, a standard bearer, like a flag bearer like somebody who bears the insignia that represents something. And yet it also has the application of what we think as well as a standard when somebody says, well, that's a high standard. 
Well, the standard would be representative of everything that it stands for. And how many believe the Lord has a high standard for us? And that we as Christians are to hold up a high standard. Amen. Well, Romans says this same concept another way. Romans 12 and verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. Now let's just stop right there. Acceptable to who? Does he have a high standard? Then that which, was, which is acceptable to him would be according to a high standard. Acceptable to, unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world. Does the world have substandards to God? Oh boy. The world has exceedingly low standards. And another way of saying don't be conformed to this world would be to say don't accept the world's standards. Don't live by worldly, ungodly standards. Right? Easier said than done. Because all around about us we're inundated with the thinking of godless people. We don't like to uh, maybe say it just like that sometimes, but so much of the strongest voices in the earth are not godly. Did you know that? Now thank God for the godly voices, but you do understand that so much of the most popular and the most widespread messages and through the most powerful forms of media and they have the largest audience, so much of it is ungodly. Now, when you say ungodly, people have a certain connotation in their mind. Ungodly just means God's not in it. And if God's not in it, that's not okay with us. And you can you see such an emphasis and push by so many people to get God out, to leave God out? And people try to, try to tell us that, you know, we, we, we don't need God in this. We need to keep this separate from God. As Christians, we cannot separate anything from God. No, that's, that's preposterous. And yet it's been done. Well, we, we can't have God in the government. That's a sure way to lose your nation. Hmm? We can't have God in the schools. That's a sure way to lose your kids. Lose, you know, we can't have God in our business. That's a sure way to go belly up. Because without God, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it for any length of time. You're not going to make it with any degree of success. You're not going to have real success. You're not going to have real prosperity. Now, we must have God in everything. Amen. And He must have first place. And He must have first say. And the final word. Can you say amen? amen. And, and we're not to be apologetic for this. We all just think you just have to have God in everything. That's right. And we're not backing off of it. And we're not changing. If He's our Lord, 
How can we leave him out? Huh? If he is the king of kings, if he is the creator of the heavens and the earth, how are we going to say, now God, we know you made all this and gave it to us, but you can't be in this. We know you give us our breath and the ability to think, but we're going to leave you out, okay? No, that's, that's ignorance. It's not okay. Don't be conformed to this world. Now, he wouldn't tell us, don't be conformed unless you're going to be pulled and tempted to be conformed. You know, the Scripture says in 1 Corinthians, what is it, 15.33, he says, evil communications corrupt good manners. What does that mean? That means whatever you hang around rubs off on you. Whatever you feed on, you don't, don't think you're so strong that you can just listen to something ungodly day and night and it not affect you. Don't be so foolish as to think you can just watch something ungodly night and day and it not affect you. It will affect you. You will start talking like that. You will start thinking like that. You will start operating like that. So measure and limit your association with things according to whether you want to be like it or not. There's a principle in the Word of God uh, that you become what you behold. That's another message. I won't go into it. But it is a spiritual law that you become what you behold. You know, I heard some people debating and talking about wonder if all of the, uh, the violent pornography and all the child pornography and all. wonder if that has any effect on the people that commit the crimes. We're doing a study to see if there's... Well, that's ignorant. The people in jail are telling them, yeah, that's how I got started. I got started watching this and I watched it and I watched it and I got to where I became obsessed with it and just had to watch it day and night. Then I went out and did it. Well, sure it is. Whatever you feed on is what you become. Well, what if you fed on the Bible? I said, what if you fed, what if you looked at Jesus in the morning and in the afternoon and when the sun went down? Uh, what if you just became obsessed, so to speak, with Him and you just kept Him on your mind and His holy things? Well, you're going to become like Him. You're going to be changed into His likeness and image from glory to glory. But you and I have to set in our hearts and make up our minds that there is no other acceptable standard but His. And we cannot live nor operate by standards beneath Him. Don't be conformed, He said, to this world, but be what? transformed. Does it make any difference about what you think about? Does that affect your life? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Whatever you keep your mind on is what's going to get in you. Your eyes and your ears are the doorways to your spirit. Things get into your mind through your eyes through your ears. And whatever you think on long enough, it'll begin to get down in you and become a part of you. 
What you think on is so vitally important in your life. It is not okay. Now, see, people know that you shouldn't just do any impulse that you have. But they don't realize that it's just as wrong to think any thought that comes. Now, thoughts will come. And you haven't sinned because a thought came to you. But now here's the issue. What are you going to do with that thought? Hmm? Are you going to sit there and think about it and meditate on it? Fantasize about it and every other thing? Or if you know it's wrong, what's the Bible tell you to do? Cast it down. Throw it down. Now here's the thing. Sometimes these things will come back. It'll come right back. What do you do? Cast it down again. What if it comes back a hundred times in a day? Cast it down a hundred times in a day. Say, no, 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 this ain't right. I'm not thinking about that. I'm not talking about that. I'm not doing that. Throw it down. Amen. Amen. And put your mind on something else. Put something else, something good in your mouth. Begin to talk about the good things, the right things, and it'll superimpose that on your thoughts. You can control your mind with your mouth. That's another message too. But you can. Having trouble with your mind? Put the right thing in your mouth. It's difficult to be saying one thing and thinking about something else. It'll superimpose it on your thought processes if you keep it in your mouth. Keep reading. Be not conformed to this world. Did the Lord tell us don't be conformed to this world? Okay, what are we going to do about that then? Don't be conformed then. Don't just rock along. Don't just ride along. Don't lower your standards to match the standards of the ungodly. Don't be conformed. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Everybody say perfect. Perfect will of God. Can you find the perfect will of God? Can you live in the perfect will of God? Can you have the perfect will of God? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. The Lord's not trying to hide His will from us. I mean, He wouldn't wouldn't have a perfect plan for us and then hide it from us and make it hard for us to find out. He wants us to know what His will is. Now, there is a, a great truth and a principle here that if you want God's perfect will in your life, you have to do His perfect will. There's a connection. God's perfect will for our life is that we be at peace, that we be close to Him, that we be sound and healthy in body, that we be prosperous in our finances, that we be successful in our endeavors. That we live a long life, be satisfied with life before we go. But there's a lot of Christians who are not enjoying His perfect will. Right? There's a lot of Christians that are not enjoying the perfect will of God in different parts of their life. But also you'll find that there are many Christians that are not doing the perfect will of God in their life. And there is a connection. 
You, you can't say, well, Lord, I, I'm claiming your, your, your perfect wholeness and soundness for my, my body. I'm claiming your full prosperity on my life. I'm claiming your full peace and your full success, but I'm going to do my own thing. Doesn't work like that. Huh? I'm going to do my own thing. I'm not, you got a plan, I guess, but I've got a plan. And I know you want me to do this, and this would be your perfect will, but I'm okay with this. I'm satisfied with this. No, you and I need to make up our minds. We are not satisfied with anything less than His perfect will. Amen. Amen. Make up your mind. I'm not satisfied with anything less than God's perfect will for my life. Amen. Now, um, let me see. I got so much here. I'm debating about which way to go. Uh, the way the Lord leads us primarily is through the inward witness. You know, Romans 8 talks about that the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the, the sons of God. And you'll find that when, when you're not in the perfect will of God, you cannot be satisfied on the inside. And, and you, need, you and I need to take heed to this dissatisfaction. And don't just, just be content to try to make yourself live that way. When you're in the perfect will of God, you know it on the inside. And you'll be satisfied on the inside. Amen. And when, when you've done the perfect will of God, it completely satisfies you on the inside. Uh, go with me to Luke, please. Luke chapter 6. I tell you, turn to Matthew 5 at the same time. Let's read Matthew 5 first. Just the uh, last verse, verse 48 of Matthew 5, last verse. Matthew 5, 48, what does it say? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Most folk don't even take that verse seriously, do they? Because they immediately assume, well, that's impossible. Well, then why did Jesus tell us? Huh? Why would Jesus tell us be perfect if it's impossible. Well, you have to define perfection, not what people say, but what He says. 
And without, you know, there's, that, that'd be a whole other study, but without going into all of it, when the Bible talks about a man being perfect, uh, Abraham was called a perfect man. Noah was called a perfect man. Job was called a perfect man, and yet you study their lives, they all three made mistakes. So it wasn't perfection of performance. It wasn't perfection of life. Well, then how could they be perfect before the Lord? It has to do with perfection of heart. I said it has to do with perfection of heart. How many remember, what is it, First Chronicles 16, 9 or so? You don't have to turn there. But it says, The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth, and He's looking to show Himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards Him. Well, a lot of folk read that verse and go, Well, I guess maybe there are a few perfect people in the world that would qualify, but... I ain't perfect, so they, they, then they won't even receive the verse for themselves. No, you read other translations, one brings it out like this. It says, for those who are wholehearted towards Him. The word perfect means complete or entire. Wholehearted, complete, and entire. And you can learn to identify and to do and have the perfect will of God in your life by this completeness and this entirety on the inside. Like I said, when you have dissatisfaction, you're dissatisfied on the inside, well, you need to get to changing, get to seeking God. Well, people say, well, I just feel like there's more. Well, that's because there is. I just, I just feel like there's something else. I'm just someone not, not, not satisfied. That's because there is. There's something else you need to be finding out. There's something else you need, to, you need to do. And yet the problem is people will believe that you can't know it and you can't live satisfied and in the perfect will of God, and you can. God is not unreasonable. I learned this some years ago. There was a young couple that we led to the Lord, and we hadn't seen them in a month or two, and we saw them. And I asked the young lady, I said, have you, have you guys been reading your Bible? And she said, no. She said, no. I, she said, I guess, you know, nobody reads their Bible enough. And she kind of made an excuse. Well, when she said that, something bothered me on the inside about what she said. I didn't know what it was. I didn't say anything to her. But later on in praying, that came back up to me. And I said, Lord, what, what is that? Teach me what, what was wrong with that. She said, I guess nobody reads their Bible enough. You ever heard people say that? Well, I, I don't guess we could pray enough. I don't guess we could read our Bible enough. And while I'm thinking about that, the Lord asked me, he said, am I unreasonable? I said, well, no, sir, I don't believe you're unreasonable. He said, then can you read your Bible enough? Are you with me? I thought, well, you must be able to, or else was. Because people believe you can't satisfy God. No matter what I would do, I couldn't live good enough. I couldn't read my Bible enough. I couldn't pray enough. Really? Is God unreasonable? Then you can read your Bible enough. 
Are you with me? Can you give enough? Can you pray enough? Yeah. Yes, you can. How would you know? You got the greater one on the inside of you. Amen. And he'll give you the witness. But first of all, you got to believe that you can live perfectly. Now see, that sounds funny to our ears, doesn't it? Because we, people most every, everywhere, you know, you say anything about perfection and somebody will pop up and go, well, nobody's perfect. And everybody go, amen, that's right. Ain't nobody perfect. And without saying it, the implication is perfection is unattainable in any way. So then don't try. And that is a lie of the devil. You can read your Bible perfectly for a day. God knows you need to sleep. He knows you got to get the kids to school. He knows you've got things to do. He didn't expect you to read the Bible night and day. Then what's enough? Well, if you read some... Get it now. And you don't feel like you're quite through. What do you do? Read on. Amen. Is there a place? Can you get to a place where you feel like, yep, yep, that's good for now. Can you get to that place? Yeah, and so many times it's not much further than where you were. So many times it's just a little bit further. And then you go, yep, yeah, okay, that's good for now. Now that doesn't mean you've read enough for the rest of your life. Hmm? Can you give enough in your life? Give enough to people and give enough to the works of God. Yeah, you can. But don't live dissatisfied, feeling like, well, I hadn't done enough. Well, why haven't you? Well, I could give everything away and that wouldn't be enough. That's a lie. That's a lie from the enemy. God is not unreasonable. Follow your heart until your heart is satisfied. (laughs) I'm talking about finding and doing and having and enjoying the perfect will of God for your life. Is it attainable? Yeah, it is. I'll never forget when Phyllis and I, we hadn't been married long. And I, I oversaw a little small shopping center. I had one of the best jobs in that little area. I was finishing up my hot rod, had a 37 Ford coupe with a hot little motor and a chrome dash and candy apple red paint job, had my motorcycle, had my dog, my Doberman, had him trained. He rode in the back of my truck and caught my Frisbee, had a pretty wife. And had my, my grandparents were getting ready to give me a bunch of land. And I should have been happy. But something happened to me. And I began to get dissatisfied. And I didn't know why. And it just got worse. The more I'd read and the more I'd pray and the more I'd draw near to the Lord, it got worse. And I just got so dissatisfied. I got to where I didn't want to go to work. I'd go and I'd, I'd do the best I knew how, but I got to where I, I'm not, I didn't get as much fun out of riding my motorcycle. I didn't get as much fun out of my hot rod. Something's wrong. Hmm? Now, let me give you a hint. 
I didn't know this. I'm telling you some things I learned through all this. When you get like this, don't just be miserable and make everybody around you miserable. Seek God. Don't just think. Pray. Don't just ask questions, everybody, what they think. Pray. Get to seeking the Lord. Amen. Because what, what you should be realizing is, hey, there's something else I need to be doing. I didn't know it, but I had a call on my life. I didn't know it. So I got to seeking the Lord. I got to even doing some fasting. I got, I'm, I'm miserable. I'm thinking, God, and, and, and sometimes 2 o'clock in the morning, I'd be out in the woods praying, going, God, what? What's the deal? And I, being carnal, I'm wanting Him to talk to me through the natural. You know, write it in the sky. Give me a sign. Talk to me where I can hear you with my ears. I mean, because that's where I was at. Carnal people want a natural response. And uh, I was so dissatisfied. Everybody say dissatisfied. And so I sought the Lord and the Lord began to deal with us about hooking up with a certain ministry and about going to a certain meeting and that's all I knew but I did that and as I did that he dealt with me about going to Bible school He dealt, and, and I'll be honest with you I was in Bible school for a year before I realized I was supposed to be a preacher the Lord kind of slipped up on me I thought well I'll just go and train and just go back home and, and help in my church and, and the Lord had a plan I said he had a plan But what if I'd have just said, no, 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 this is good enough. This is good enough. And just try to override that dissatisfaction. You know you can dull yourself to where it doesn't bother you as much. And if you just override it and override it for year after year, it'll get where it hardly bothers you. But you're not in the perfect will of God. What if I'd have just said, well, no, this is good enough. I got my little hot rod. I got my motorcycle. I got my dog. I got my pretty wife. This is good enough. I'm just going to be happy and I'll just stay right here. Say low standards. That is you setting a standard that is miles beneath God's standard for your life. And other people will tell you, well, you just need to be satisfied now. It's just good enough for anybody. But it ain't good enough if it's not what the Lord wants. Hmm? It's not good enough if it's not His highest plan and best for your life. So we went to school. And we trained. And was just as happy as could be growing and developing for 20 years. And then this last year, in the beginning of 2002 and the end of 2001, we begin to get dissatisfied. I mean, everything's going good for us. Got money, got ministry, got blessings, doing good, seeing miracles, rubbing shoulders with some of the strongest people in the ministry. And something just... You know, we'd be in the middle of a wonderful meeting. And, and, and we'd, we'd get back to the room and look at each other and go, 
Something ain't right. Now, now listen. Just because something ain't right with you doesn't mean something's wrong with everybody else. This is where people get into trouble. Something's wrong. Y'all ain't right. I'm not satisfied, so y'all all wrong. <laughs> Did it ever occur to you that maybe you are the issue here? No. Don't, don't make accusations. I've heard people, I've had people come to me before and say, you know, I think our church is just about half backslid. What do you mean? Well, I just don't enjoy the services like I used to. And I just, I think our preacher's lost his anointing. And, and I just don't, and, and they, they, they keep talking and, and you can see God's got something for them. And, and they're wanting to be lazy and not do it. And so the grace for them to stay is waning and lifting. Why? Because you're supposed to be going. And when you stay in a place after the grace is lifted, it's going to be rough. And all you're going to do is make problems. Now, I don't know why I'm to say all this today, but I'm talk- the Lord's talking to somebody. Hmm? So... We've been through this before and more than once by this time last year. And so uh, we know what to do. You pray. You spend some extra time seeking the Lord, praying about this thing. Thank God for praying in tongues. How are you going to pray about something you don't even know what's going on? Oh, thank God for praying in the Spirit. So we spent quite a bit of time. And only, you know, I hope you're hearing the, the overview of this, the only way we could get a little relief, we've thought about Branson. And some way or another, when we thought about Branson, we had some relief. And we didn't know why. We'd only been here like once or twice or maybe three times in 20 years and usually just passed through because I like to ride motorcycles or drive cars and it was a nice place to come through here. And I'd be tired and I'd, I'd take a rest in a hotel and get up the next morning, blow some more leaves off the road. And... Uh, but coming up here, we got a little relief inside and thought, yeah, now what is this about Branson? There's something about Branson. And the more we prayed about it, and the more we thought about it, for lack of a better word, the better we felt. I don't mean a physical feeling, but an inward sense. Something about Branson satisfied our spirits. I remember we were driving uh, to Tulsa to come up here one time during this time, and Phyllis just got so happy. She just began to be so happy. She said, I don't know why I'm so happy, but going to Branson makes me happy. And I said, well, it does something for me too. Let's go. And this was long before we, we hadn't even, haven't even imagined having a church. Having a church in Branson was not anywhere in our mind. We were thinking maybe the Lord wants us to move our ministry up there. And so the more we got up here and holed up in a little condo and got to pray in some more. And, and the more we did, the, the, the more confidence and the more assurance and the more satisfied. Everybody say satisfied. We were about it. But then... We weren't satisfied no more because we're thinking about, okay, we'll just put our offices up here. And we started to do that, but we're not satisfied again. 
thought, Lord, what? What? So then when the church thing came up, and I'll be honest with you, he had to talk to me about that. So I'd had people tell me, you're not a pastor. You're a this or you're a that. And, and I, had to, I got to pray about it. But I couldn't get satisfied until I'd say, all right. Okay, Lord, if that's what you want us to do, you want us to start a church, we'll start a church. You want us to pastor, we'll pastor. And then when we got to that place and we found this place and some other things began to come in line, that satisfaction came back to our spirit. Amen. Amen. Phyllis said, you know, we went back last week and closed on our Tulsa house, house that we believed for for years to get a nice house. And, you know, it didn't satisfy us anymore. You know what I mean? I mean, it's nice, but just the whole deal is just why. It's not that anything's wrong with that house or anything's wrong with Tulsa. It's just not our place anymore. Now, I'm just telling you this. I want to give you some some practical examples of this because you are supposed to seek God and you're supposed to obey until you're perfectly satisfied on the inside. Amen. And when you're thinking, well, I don't know, just something's not right. Well, get it right. Don't just be satisfied and try to make yourself be satisfied to live like that. Seek God. Stay after it. Amen. Go with me over to the book of James, please. Is this okay this morning? Go to the book of James in the first chapter. I want to give you two huge keys to having perfection in your life. Actually, I should make it three. The first one I've already given you. That is, you need to believe perfection is possible. I'm not talking about perfection of your flesh. I'm not talking about perfection of your thoughts. I'm not talking about perfection of your performance in life. What I am talking about is perfection of heart. And we need to understand that God sees differently from man. When you do something the Lord leads you to do, and you do it to the best you know how, and you don't stop until you're satisfied in your heart, men could look at it and find problems with it, but God looks at it and calls it perfect. Are you with me? How else could he call these men perfect? We've already talked about it. And there's any number of situations where he said that they did something perfect before him, and yet there's there information given in the Bible to show they made some mistakes. But see, doesn't the Lord look at the heart? He doesn't judge according to outward appearances. He looks at the heart. There's been times I've grown some and looked back to something I did years ago and just was kicking myself thinking, boy... Now, that wasn't too hot. <laughs> I thought this was okay, and it wasn't. And I thought this, you know, was all right, and it wasn't good enough. And I'm kicking myself thinking, boy, I'm sorry, Lord. I could have done you a better job. And the Lord's, one reason I learned some of these things, the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, son, it's perfect in my eyes. And that's what he had to take me to the Scriptures and show me that. But what do you mean? He said, I was looking at your heart all the way through it, and you did the best you knew. You obeyed me the best you knew. If you had known more, you'd have done more. 
Does the Lord look at the heart? Then is it possible to perfectly please Him? Yeah, but you've got to be satisfied in your heart that you are. Right? If you know in your heart you're not doing all you should be doing, then that's not perfect in His eyes. And you can't be perfectly satisfied. You can't have peace. Full peace. So number one, we'll make it three instead of two. Number one, do you believe perfection is possible in your life and in God's eyes? Can you have the perfect will of God? Can you? That was weak. I'm asking you a question now. You. Can you find the perfect will of God for your life? Can you do the perfect will of God? Can you please Him perfectly? Yes, you can. He's not unreasonable. But now you'll have to follow your heart, right? And stay with it till you're satisfied in your spirit. In uh, James, the first chapter, here's the second key then. Number one, you believe it's possible. Number two, goes right along with it. Always goes right along with believing. What did I say, James 1 or 2? It's actually uh, 2. I want you to see. In James, well, let's just go to three. Some of it starts in one, and it goes through to. In James 3, verse 2, just notice this one verse. James 3, 2. In many things we offend all. Another way of saying that is in, in all of us have made mistakes in many different areas. If any man offend not, if a man or woman does not miss it in word... The same is a perfect man or woman and is able to bridle or to control the whole body. Number two, if you want the perfect will of God, if you want to see God's perfection and His perfect will in your life, you've got to get a hold of your mouth. And whatever you talk is what you have. If you talk laxness and excuses and substandard and that's good enough and that's okay, that's what you'll have. But if you talk God's best all the time, amen, you need to start saying these kind of things. We will have the perfect will of God. We will do the perfect will of God. We'll do it completely. Amen. We'll have the best. Got to get this in your mouth now. Talk this. Well, we're just doing the best we can, and I know we'd never be good enough, but we'll just keep trying. You'll never have it. You're talking what you feel. You're talking what you see. You're talking your past experiences. You're not talking the Word. Even though, it, you know, and, and, and I have to watch about myself and Phyllis too, I would like, you know, I have to repent because the Lord has done so much for us in this church. And yet I wish we were way down the road from where we are right now. I wish we were already at this place. I wish, I wish we already had this. I wish we were already doing this on this level. And yet I've got to be thankful. Amen. For where we are. But now get this. Thankful, but am I supposed to be satisfied to stay where we are? Uh Uh-uh. How about you? Where you are? 
Be thankful. Don't be ungrateful. Be thankful. But don't be satisfied to stay where you are because God, that's not God's highest and best to stay where you are. Does he have more? Yeah. Then for you to be satisfied where you are is to accept a substandard, a lower standard than his. People say, well, this is good enough. If it's not good enough to him, then it shouldn't be good enough for you. You know, uh, every time I start talking about this, I think about Brother Kenneth Copeland. And one of the first music projects that he did, this was many years ago, and he was doing the best he could to get it right, and I know exactly how it is because I've done several music projects. And the first one, you know, especially the first ones you're doing, uh, they tell you how much they're charging an hour for the studio. And how, and how much is going? I mean, you're spending money, and 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 you wanting to you you don't have this much money to spend, but you're wanting to do the best you can with what you have. And so he was trying to work on that. He had some really good. He got him some professional players, and not all of them was necessarily knew God as well as they should. And he had a, a, a steel guitar player, and this was kind of a country uh, gospel project. And uh, it is one song he was working on, and, and he wasn't satisfied with it. Everybody say satisfied. And so he said, no, let's do this again. And they did it again. And then he wasn't satisfied. He said, no, no, let's do it a little more this way. And they must have done it, you know, 25 times. And it's getting late. If you've ever been at the studio, you, you, you find out about people's flesh. It gets 2 o'clock in the morning. Everybody's tired. And, and finally, the steel player stopped, and he said, Now, that's just... They, they did another one, and he said, because he could see Brother Kenneth getting ready to say, No, no, let's do it. He said, Well, now, that's just good enough for gospel music. And Brother Kenneth sent him home, as he should have. Think about that phrase, good enough for gospel. Now, what does that mean? That means he had a higher standard. For secular country music. Didn't he? Yeah. But just gospel is, you know, that's good enough for that. Friend, you must be completely intolerable of that kind of thinking. In your life and in the things of God, we're going to stay with it till our heart's satisfied. And then we'll grow some and we'll be able to go up from there. Amen. And we can stand and believe God until according to the power that works within us, He's able to do exceeding abundantly, above and beyond what we asked or thought. Can you say amen? It's not perfection of technique. It's not perfection in the natural. But you can always, I mean, the curse is in the earth. You understand that? Everything's flawed from the natural. But... It can be perfection in the Spirit. Amen. Amen. How would you know it? Your heart's completely satisfied. Perfectly satisfied. Amen. Amen. So number two, how can you get perfection in your life, the perfect will of God in your life? Get a hold of your mouth. Put perfection in your mouth. Amen. Don't say, well, we'll do the best we can. We'll try. We just never can do good enough for the Lord, but we'll try. That's not in the Bible. The Lord never told you to talk like that. Say what He says. 
he, Jesus commanded you and me to be perfect, didn't he? People ignore these scriptures, but there they are. How, what do you mean be perfect? Just stay with it till your heart's satisfied and talk like this. We're going to get this. We're going to get it right. Amen? We're going to get it right. We're going we're gonna to get it the way it's supposed to be. Hmm? Talk that way. How many are going to talk that way now? We're going to have the best. You know, when you're going to buy something, especially big ticket items, learn to do that. Hmm? You know, Phyllis and I have been looking at houses around the area. And so many times, you know, we've learned over the years, we'll just walk into a place, and if you've got no witness, we're ready to go. And Phyllis walked into this one place a while back, and she didn't like the style that much. It wasn't, wasn't our style, per se, that we like. And the Lord said, you better look again. So she looked again. And then the more you look, you begin to see things that you hadn't thought about. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And it's not just what your head thinks. It's what satisfies your heart. Right. Hmm? Learn to do that. You're going into a place. Don't, don't just make decisions based on money. You'll miss it. Don't just make decisions based on need. Don't just do things for convenience. Learn to check your heart all the time. The Spirit of God lives in there. Amen. Amen. He knows everything about everything. Learn to check your heart. And if somewhere or another it looks good, everybody thinks, well, this is great. But somewhere or another it doesn't satisfy you, walk. Amen. I said walk. Amen. Walk. Why? Because there's something you don't know about. Yeah. I said there's something you don't know about. I don't know at the times. In the last 20 years that, that there was a deal on the table of some kind or something going on and it looked good. It's the best thing I had seen and Phyllis is, but some way or another, we're just like, I don't know, but I just can't get settled on this. You're not satisfied. What does that mean? This is not the best for us. It looks like it is. Why? But then a week later, you see something you never saw before. You, ha- you couldn't compare that to this. You hadn't found out about it yet. But when you see it, you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that's the- this is it. Why? Because you got that satisfaction in your spirit. Number one, believe it's possible. Number two, talk perfection. Say, we'll get it. We'll have it. We'll get this right. Amen? We'll have God's best in this area. You need to say that in every area of your life. I will have God's best in my body. That was weak. Somebody needs to really really lay hold of that. Do you understand what you put up with, you will keep? What you tolerate, you're going to have? You have to say, no, no. Now, it's, God is able to cause me not to have allergies. God is able to cause me not to have these reactions to this food or, or that other silly thing. Don't tolerate it. So no, no. I will be strong. I will be able to eat anything I want. I will be able to do anything I want. Talk God's best. Amen. Don't lower the standard down and say, well, this is good enough. I'm breathing. I can make it. Huh? Uh, Dr. Hagen, one time, lady came in his, in his meeting to be healed, and she couldn't hear. She's deaf in one ear. 
And she came up and she's walking on a cane and, and she came up and she got down to the front and through, you know, the Lord moved in a special way and he ministered to her and that ear opened up and she could hear. She prays, I mean, a deaf ear. She can hear. So she's walking away with this cane and, and Brother Hagin says, wait a minute, wait a minute. She turned around. He said, uh, isn't there something else? She said, what? He said, well, would you like to be healed from that, that condition with your hip? And, and she said, oh, that's all right. I can live with that. I needed to be able to hear, though. And she just went on <laughs> and walked back. <laughs> well, can you get somebody healed like that? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> she thought, well, I can make it with that. And as long as you can make it, you're going to have it. Amen. But if you'll become intolerant and say, no, no, now I don't have to have this. He took all my infirmities. He bore all my sicknesses. He carried all my pains. Amen. Did everything necessary to make me whole. I don't have to have this. Talk his best. Well, we're doing okay. I mean, we're, we're making it. Yeah, but you could be out of debt. Hmm? You could move way up. Amen. Well, we're okay. Yeah, but is God satisfied? If he's not, then put his will, put his standard in your mouth. Talk his best. Everybody said out loud, we will have God's best in this church, in our families, in my individual life. We will have his very best. Talk that. Set a standard in your heart. I'm not going below his best. Don't talk less. And here's the third key. In uh, Back up to the, the first chapter. This is what I was thinking about of James. Number one is what? Believe you can have. Perfection. Believe you can have God's perfect will, His best in your life. Number two, talk it. Don't talk, make, do, rake by, scrape by, well, we can get by. Uh-uh, no, no, no. No matter what you see, no matter what you feel, talk His best. Amen? I will have His best. Talk it over your family. My kids will have His best. I don't care if they're acting like rank heathen right now. Amen? They need somebody believing for them. I don't care if you knew they were in clubs all night last night doing stupid stuff. You need to, somebody needs to be helping them. You need to be speaking over them saying, my child will serve God. My child will have God's will in their life. I mean, put your words on them and expect it to come to pass. Don't be moved by what you see and feel. Amen. Amen. And even if they've lived not in the will of God in a, in a way low standard from what God had for them, don't be moved by that. It's not over. They're still breathing. The world's still turning. God's still on the throne. They can come out. Hmm? Keep saying it over them. Your words can have an impact on their life. Number three now. Number three. Verse 2 of chapter 1. James 1, 2. Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into different tests and trials and temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh... Patience, but let patience have her perfect work 
So that you may be what? Perfect and entire, wanting Zippo, nothing, not a naught. The third big key to getting God's best in your life is what? Patience. Now, is it wrong to be a perfectionist? <laughs> well, from what we've told you, from the Word, absolutely no. All of us are supposed to be perfectionists in the sense of not settling for less than God's perfect will. But what a lot of people call perfectionism is nothing but impatience. Have you thought about that? You've heard people say, well, I'm a perfectionist and I've got to have it right and i got to have it right now because I'm a perfectionist. If you don't like it, you just have to deal with it. <laughs> well, <laughs> you need to get free. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. you don't know how to walk in love and you have no patience. And those things, people call themselves being a perfectionist, but impatience will keep you from the perfection of God. You know, I was trying to tell you just a minute ago, I mean, uh, there's so many things that Phyllis and I have on our heart. We would like the children's ministry here to already be somewhere else. I'm talking about with the equipment and the stuff and the ability, some things for our youth that we hadn't implemented at all. Uh, I've got some things. We want to do some things. TV ministry, I know we're supposed to do some things. I wish we had these, uh, you know, the screens that we've been looking at. We looked at some, and they are some dandies, and they are not cheap. And some outreaches, some mission things, I, I, I wish I was already doing it, but I'm not there. We as a church are not there, but we will be, is right, soon. But for me to get ill about it is to be unthankful for what the Lord has done and is doing. And for me to stomp my feet and, and put pressure on you or on me or on Phyllis or the staff and say, no, we've got to have this, we've got to have it today. Well, no. Faith puts pressure on no one. Faith is looking to the Lord. Amen. And through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. Amen. And so if I'm not at a place in my personal life or in my family or in my church or in my ministry, maybe you wish your ministry, you'd like to have a much nicer place to operate out of. Maybe you'd like a lot better of equipment. Maybe you'd like to be turning out a much better product than what you are. But you're just not there financially. Yeah, but you can get there. And you'll get there through believing you can get there, through talking it. Amen. And through having the perseverance, the stick to the patience. When you get frustrated, you're getting out of faith. I'm going to say that real slow. When you get frustrated, you're getting out of faith. Don't do that. 
Just pull, pull yourself back, go sit down in a chair, and start thanking God for everything He's already done for you. Amen. He has already brought you a long ways. You used to be lost. Huh? Oh, man. Don't get ungrateful. I mean, all the things He's done for us. Oh, He's been so good to us. I said, He's been so good to us. Getting, getting impatient and getting frustrated is being unthankful, acting ungrateful. Don't do that. But then, do, in order to be thankful, do you have to just sit down where you are and say, well, this is good enough. I shouldn't want any more because... No, 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 no. God's got a plan. And it's so far out beyond where we are. We haven't seen how far His plan goes. And what you've got to do is you've got to be perseverant. You've got to, every day, you've got to say, we'll have it. We'll get there. Amen. We'll pay every bit. We'll pay it all off. We'll get totally out of debt. We'll step up to the next level. We'll have that fine place. Amen. We'll get that. We'll get a house of our own. We'll get a place of our own. Amen. And we'll get a better house. We'll get a fine house. Amen. But then thank God for where you are right now too. Amen. I'll have a new car. But thank God for the one you're in right now too. Amen. Glory to God. Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Praise God. Stand up on your feet. Glory to God. Let's lift our hands and thank the Lord for all He's done for us, how far He's brought us. Lord, You are so good. Go ahead and thank Him. Lift up your hands and thank Him. Lord, You're so good. So faithful, Lord. Thank you. Oh, you've done so much for us. Thank you. You've done so much for us. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're so good to us. So gracious. So kind. So faithful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Let me lead you in this confession and in this prayer. Said out loud, Father God, I believe. You are a perfect God and you have a perfect will for me and all mine. I believe I can have it. I can see it. I can be it. I can do it by your grace. Reveal to me your high standard. Reveal to me and lead me into... Your perfect plan. I say, I will have your very best. I will do your very best that you've called me to do. I will not quit until I'm satisfied in my spirit. I will not stop until I am fulfilled and happy inside by the witness of your spirit and you cause me to know that the thing is perfect hallelujah glory to God praise you praise you praise you praise you oh faith is excited faith is glad 
Glory to God.